Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sitting in the dark with us for the first time, welcome. So yes, right now all of us are spending a lot of time at home. And home is comforting, isn't it? Although, when you really think about it, it can also make one wonder about the places we rest our bones at night. Staring up at the ceiling, we find ourselves asking, what is the history of the walls that surround us? Because home is where the haunt is. First, a family experiences a case of buyer's remorse. Next, kids test ancestral boundaries. After that, A girl invites a power beyond her control. And finally, a true story of a house built on sickening secrets. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com slash snarled. Then, I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? The Oath. Promises are supposed to be binding. When you make a promise, do you follow through with it? Because beware, promises can be slippery things. They're really only as good as the person who makes them with you. Caitlin and her twin boys, Noah and Lucas, moved into a new home across the country. It was old, massive, intimidating, but the deal was too good to pass on. When the real estate agent handed over the keys, she looked relieved. I wish you and your boys luck. Hopefully you're the last owners, she said jokingly. Caitlin asked what in the world she meant by that. The agent said it was just real estate humor and quickly left. The move was hard on the twins. They had to make new friends and go to a new school. Plus, people at their new school were weird towards them. Most of the time, the other kids avoided them. The boys would hear whispers behind their backs like, I wonder how long they'll last. But it wasn't a big deal of Lucas and Noah. They were each other's best friends. They spent days exploring their new big house, getting to know every room, all the nooks and crannies. Then, in the attic, they found something hidden away. A large, beautiful, ornate mirror. 
Noah, a fan of antiques and history, loved it and immediately asked their mom to put it in his room. But Lucas, Lucas hated the thing. He didn't know why, but just looking at the mirror, let alone into it, filled him with dread. That night, Noah startled awake. In his dream, he had heard someone calling for help. Awake, he caught a glimpse of movement out of the corner of his eye. He sat up in bed, staring at his own startled reflection in the mirror. Wait, there was something wrong with the reflection. Noah got out of bed, walking slowly towards the mirror. He tried to figure it out. Closer now, he realized the room was wrong. Run down, filled with shadows. The sheets on his bed were dark with, was that blood? Then again, someone called for help. It was coming from the mirror. Suddenly, there was a bang on the mirror. Within the mirror, a hand whacked on the surface again. Noah stood shocked as a young, terrified boy stepped in front of him. Encased in the mirror's reflection, the boy cried out, help us, please, you have to get us out of here. It's in here and it won't stop, help me. And reached his hands out. Instinctively, Noah reached back to help, but as his palm touched the mirror surface, a demonic creature stepped into frame pushing the little boy aside as talons pierced the surface of the mirror and grabbed Noah by the wrist. It laughed as it yanked him into its depths. The next day was Saturday. Caitlin hummed while she made a chocolate chip pancake breakfast. She liked to give her family a treat before they'd all clean the house together on Saturdays, but only Lucas sat down to eat. They called out for Noah. There was no answer. They searched his room, then all over the house. Caitlin began to get frantic and then, they heard Noah crying. It was coming from his room. Shocked, they saw Noah in the reflection, curled up, sobbing loudly in a corner. They banged on the glass, but he didn't respond. Caitlin left to get a hammer. She didn't know what was going on, but she'd get her baby out of there. Lucas waited alone in the room for his mother to return. Suddenly, a voice spoke from the mirror. Do you miss your brother? Come here, come in here, Lucas, and get him. Heading back to the room with her hammer in hand, Caitlin felt something was wrong. A deafening silence filled the house. Seized with terror, she ran into Noah's room. It was empty. Running over to the mirror, she saw both of her boys huddled with each other. The mirror demon stood over them like a carrion of death. Give me back my children, she screamed. Come here and get them. It mocked. Caitlin rushed towards the mirror. Days later, the real estate agent dropped by, quietly letting herself into the house. She walked through the rooms until she found the mirror. Looking into the mirror, she saw blood splattered in the room and one of the boys, it was either Lucas or Noah, she couldn't tell the twins apart, curled up in a corner. Tearing up, the real estate agent whispered to the mirror, is it enough yet? Please, were they enough? Can I have my little boy back now? Previously, after she had discovered that she couldn't destroy the demon's mirror or get it out of the house, she had tried to hide it. But no matter where she put it, the next family always seemed to find it. Emily, the mirror demon whispered back to her. I need one more, one more family. No. Emily broke down crying, screaming that the mirror had promised that before. The mirror smoothly answered, you can get me just one more family, Emily, or you can come here, come in here and get your son. 
Using Caitlin's signature and information, Emily put the house up for sale again. It didn't take long for new buyers to come by. It never did. Not at the price she listed the house for. A happy family with four kids. When she handed over the keys, her stomach dropped. But she had to hope that this time, it would really be the last family. That this time, she'd be able to bring her son home. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When something bad happens on vacation, it's usually something that can be covered by travel insurance, unlike this Hawaiian story inspired by Sydney. Ten-year-old twins Lorelai and Kaiko were visiting their grandmother Tutu with their parents on their summer vacation. Every summer, they would fly from their home in Southern California to visit Tutu at her modest home on the Big Island. Lorelai and Kaiko loved playing in Tutu's beautiful backyard garden. Birds called overhead while ocean breezes gently buffeted them during their rough-and-tumble explorations. The two siblings were having a water balloon fight outside, laughing, yelling, and splashing when they were stopped in their tracks by Tutu. Hey, she said, with that stern but gentle voice of hers. Don't trample my bushes. Tutu maintained a perfect border of bushes around the perimeter of her entire property. When Lorelai and Kaiko asked her why, she plainly told them to keep the evil spirits out. That night, Kaiko woke up to the sound of tapping. Blinking his eyes, he looked over at his sister, Lorelai. She snored quietly, mouth slightly open. It couldn't have been her. The tapping came again. He rubbed his eyes wide open as he realized the continuous tapping was coming from the bedroom window. As he sat up, it stopped, and the room was silent, cocooned by the rain outside as it steadily grew louder. There was something in the doorway. Kaiko yelled and nearly jumped out of bed. Lorelai sat up in her bed, abruptly awake. It was their grandmother. Kaiko let out a strangled breath. Don't be afraid, Tutu said quietly. Just then, several shadowy figures leaped out of the darkness, wrapping their limbs around Tutu. Their movements flowed and gripped like ocean waves as Tutu was lifted away into the darkness, leaving Kaiko and Lorelai to stare at her startled face and outstretched hands. The two children ran to their parents' bedroom. Lorelai tried to flick the light on. The power was out. The rain outside sounded like a storm. The two children stood gasping in the doorway. Kaiko saw his mother blink awake and turn a puzzled face towards them. 
just as shadowy limbs flowed over her, whisking her away into a dark corner. Lorelai cried out, running towards the corner. Nothing was there. Their father sat up in bed and then was snatched away by the shadowy people, just like Tutu had been. Kaiko turned to his sister. Lorelai opened her mouth just before she too was snatched into the darkness. All alone, Kaiko ran for the front door. The storm outside had quickly picked up in strength. Lightning flashed as his legs pumped. A thunderclap boomed loudly as he tried to avoid the darkest spots in the house. Yanking open the front door, the shadowy people were waiting for him. The cool touch of the shadows pulled him out of the house into the night. The rain outside had turned into a giant thunderstorm. A lightning bolt streaked across the black night sky, hitting a giant tree whose branches hung over Tutu's house. With a sickening crack, the tree crashed onto the roof. The winds whirled like screams outside, tree branches and debris howling through the sky, smashing into the house with all of nature's fury. Kaiko blinked his eyes open to find himself and his sister in between his parents and grandmother. The rising morning sun revealed that the entire family was in the backyard at the far edge of the property. They stood up and looked at Tutu's house. It had been destroyed by the hurricane all except the ring of bushes that lay around Tutu's property, each one was still perfectly intact. Kaiko asked her, Tutu, how is this possible? Tutu looked at him and said, My tea bushes keep evil spirits out, so when they came for us, I knew the shadowy people could mean us no harm. I can rebuild my home, but I could never replace my family. Thank you so much, Sydney, for inspiring this story for us. Does anybody out there have uh, grandparents that have imparted ancestral wisdom to them? It might be things as somewhat commonplace as bushes that would keep evil spirits out. If you know about any superstitions or wisdom like that that has been passed on to you, let us know. We could build the next story around it. Bored girls dip their toes into the dark arts, finding out how deep those still waters run in this witch's tale inspired by Monique. It was laughing. The laughter echoed in the air between Monique and Nora, a low and deep voice along with a whiff of smoke, like the sulfur after a match is blown out. Monique clutched the old, ornate crystal pendulum she had snuck out of her aunt's house. That, along with some other cool supplies she had borrowed without her aunt's permission, they lay strategically placed around her and Nora. Monique and Nora had tried conjuring before, but it had never worked like this. She and Nora had hoped to see some cool witch stuff if they used her aunt's things. Her aunt was a local high priestess who had traveled the world collecting artifacts for her practice. <laughs> It laughed again. The beads that hung between Monique's bathroom door and her room jangled as a light wind slept through them. There were no windows in her room. Something's in here with us, Nora shivered. We did it. Monique gave a start as she felt something physically touch her hair. Again, a hard touch on her shoulder and then elbow. She let out a cry as something invisible gripped her wrist and a whisper sounded in her ear. Where is your protection, witch? 
Such a powerful crystal that you stole. The swinging pendulum in Monique's hand suddenly stopped mid-swing, defying gravity. Nora's eyes widened. It was then ripped from Monique's hand. Floating between them, it reflected a glint of red eyes in the room with them. Nora, shaking her head in disbelief, quickly leaned forward. It was time for their failsafe. She inhaled to blow out the summoning candles. Suddenly, she stilled, as stiff as a board, unable to release the air she had taken in. Her body started to shake as her throat struggled with the air trapped in her chest. Nora's stiffened body then levitated up, her gaze fixed on the crystal. Monique cried out in horror. The voice whispered in her ear, For invoking me, I will spare you for now. It promised. Watch. Nora's body dropped out of the air, landing hard on the floor. Convulsions shook her frame. Monique screamed for her parents who rushed in. No prior medical history of anything of this sort. But the next day, Nora was in a coma. For the next several weeks, Monique heard of strange cases around town of people she knew, falling into bizarre accidents and being left comatose, just like Nora. The voice came back to her one night soon after that, laughing, it whispered. Watch. Her bedroom door opened. Monique, you called me. What is it, honey? It was her mother, Portia. Before her daughter could answer, Portia fell forward like a force had knocked the air out of her. Monique, stop it, she gasped. Monique looked at her reflection in the dresser mirror and saw that her body was inexplicably near the door. She wasn't lying in bed. Somehow, she had hit her mother. Monique watched as her eyes glowed red for a moment. It was that thing, that red-eyed laughing thing that had done it, using her body. Sobbing, Monique finally confessed. Mom, I'm so sorry. Nora and I took a bunch of things from Auntie Janelle's and... Monique's voice stilled, but her lips continued moving. Another voice replaced hers, a deep voice. It laughed and said, Watch. Monique's body levitated up as a force sent her mother sprawling out of the room. A guttural, monstrous scream emanated from her mouth, shaking her to her core, and everything went dark. When Monique came to, her mother and aunt's voices floated around her. She couldn't understand what they were saying, but it comforted her. Her mother and aunt continued speaking in the old language of their ancestors. Monique felt paralyzed. When she swiveled her eyes, she could see shadowy dark limbs holding on to her, and in the corner of her eye, red eyes glinting back at her. Release the child. Janelle continued her chanting as her mother poured a muddy and hot elixir into Monique's mouth. She gagged and coughed as burning foam poured out of her mouth. No. The red-eyed thing, resisting, using her voice. Inside, Monique fought for control over her body. She felt something heavy dislodge in her chest and began to push up with her diaphragm. Pushing harder, more bile rose up and out of her until she fell into a fit of coughs. Aunt Janelle yanked her into a sitting position. Monique shuddered in a breath and then puked out a chain. Her throat reflexively closed around it and she began to choke. Her aunt gently pulled the chain from her throat. It was the old, ornate crystal pendulum she had used in the conjuring ceremony. 
somehow, some way, it had wound up inside of her. Monique heaved, finally able to catch her breath. From this realm you are banished, her aunt decreed and smashed the pendulum with a hammer. The voice was gone. Nora and others began waking up in the hospital. Monique was safe, but in deep trouble with her moms and her aunt. Eventually, though, her aunt took her under her wing to learn how to protect herself, because sometimes, in the darkest of nights, she could still hear it. The red-eyed thing that laughed and wanted her to watch. Thank you so much for inspiring this story for us, Monique. I'm wondering then, has anybody out there dabbled in magic without guidance? I know that I've talked about it before and protection stones are easy to get a hold of and also go a long way. Things like black tourmaline, onyx, depending on what you want protection from, there's a number of different stones that can work for you. For those that have dabbled in magic without protection circles or stones, I'm wondering what kind of horrors have you allowed into your lives? Feel free to hit us up and let us know. When your house creaks in the night, it almost sounds like it's talking, like it's trying to tell you what secrets have happened within its walls. Like in this story, inspired by a real-life event. The house had a smell to it. The McNamara family hadn't really noticed it at first. That is, until it got hot and humid in the summer deep in idyllic Auburn, Pennsylvania. They all began to fall sick. Allergies, or so they thought, as they acclimated to the weather, but the smell grew distinct. Tasha and her husband Darren tried everything, candles, room sprays, and finally, deep cleaning. While sweeping behind old furniture that came with the house, their young daughter Evelyn stumbled across a metal grate in the den. It was an old heating vent coming out of the lower portion of a wall. While her parents were distracted hosing down the outside with water, Evelyn saw two yellow eyes looking up at her from between the slats. A soft purr echoed as Evelyn loosened the grate, her hand outstretched, offering out one of her snacks. The unblinking eyes crept closer, then closer to the child's hand. Its jaw snapped open, ripping the snack out of her hand. Here, kitty, kitty, she said, grabbing another treat, and slowly she lured a raggedy grayish animal from underneath the house into her room. Tasha and Darren had been very preoccupied with moving into the new space, so they didn't at first see the change in their daughter. But soon enough, they realized that their Evelyn, normally an outdoorsy child, wasn't leaving her room after her chores. During meals, she would apparently demolish her food, but really, half of it was being sneaked from her plate into a play purse she had started carrying around with her. It was obvious to them, Evelyn must have sneaked in a pet, and that was responsible for the underlying smell and Darren's constant allergies. Sneezing, rubbing at his nose in what felt like the constant itch behind his eyes, Darren sighed. We've talked about this, honey, as his wife Tasha gently took the purse away from Evelyn during dinner that night. Evelyn froze, caught, and in the silence they all heard a hungry, animalistic wail coming from her room. That sound was repeated, 
coming from Evelyn's bedroom and then echoed within the walls of the den across from it. A chorus of answering calls, some sounded like cats, but there were so many. And then there were different sounds layered underneath the mewing of cats, slithering and scraping. There was a kitty under the house, Evelyn confessed. It was underneath the den. Tasha and Darren looked at each other. Evelyn had a habit of calling every animal kitty. It could be a cat or something else entirely. Darren got on the phone with animal control while Tasha checked their child for any scratches or bites. Sensing her parents were about to take Kitty away, with a loud sob, Evelyn grabbed her play purse stuffed with food and ran to the den. Tasha hurried after her and froze in horror. Her little girl had yanked open the floor vent in the den and was pouring food into her hand. Her little hand disappeared into the dark of the wall as she cried out for Kitty to come eat. Her parents were coming to get rid of Kitty. Tasha never actually saw what grabbed her daughter, only the force of how her daughter was yanked into the darkness of the vent. Her screams mixed in with her daughter's, the animal sounds an underlying roar to the both of them. Tasha yanked out her phone's flashlight and tried to climb in but couldn't fit more than her head inside. Evelyn, baby, she shouted, her light spearing along the floor inside the wall. The angle was wrong to see much and there was no answer. Then, she saw a pair of yellow eyes staring unblinkingly back at her, quickly joined by a crowd of yellow eyes. There was a pause, then simultaneous hissing that got closer and closer. And the smell, that awful smell, aggressively pushed through the vent. Tasha ripped her head out of the hole as she gagged. <gasps> I'm getting a mallet, Darren said as he ran to the garage. Tasha walked the perimeter of the room, knocking on the walls, calling out to her daughter, and only hearing animal noises in return. Screeches and howls, slithering and scraping. No sign nor sound of Evelyn at all. Tasha grabbed a hammer from the hallway closet and joined Darren in the den. Darren hit the vent hole in the wall first with the mallet. Pulling away, a crumbling layer of plaster fell apart. Within it, Darren and Tasha saw pieces of old newspapers, dust, and small bones began to fall out. The smell got stronger the more they pounded on the wall to make the hole bigger. More bones poured out, ribs, limbs, and small skulls. Animal bones. There were dead animals in the wall. Tasha wrapped a scarf around her face and slid in the widened hole, calling out to Evelyn. Darren widened the hole open more. The wall continued to fall apart and more remains from it fell to the floor. Darren realized then the dead animals were actually built into the walls of the house. Shuddering, horrified, Darren prepared to swing again when a face popped out of the darkness. He dropped the mallet in surprise. Daddy! Evelyn shouted, reaching for her father from the gaping hole around the vent. He pulled his daughter up. The animals tried to take me, she cried as her mother pushed herself out of the hole. Covered in dust and bones, the family ran to the car and left. After animal control did some investigating, there was no trace of any live animals having been within those walls. No kitty, just skeletons. So where had that smell come from? The McNamaras found out that the family that had originally built the house used dark magic to protect it by slaughtering animals. 
They then used the animal carcasses to line its walls. It was meant to ward a house from sickness and protect all that were housed within. But dark magic can spoil. Protectors can so easily become attackers. The McNamaras never returned to that house again. This week's podcast stories were edited by Kyle Arrington, Lisa Timmons, Markia McCarty, and Sabina Graves. Audio edited by Fitz Harris. Graphics by Johnny Ashley. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings. Sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.